WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa. Any opinions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not represent the thoughts or opinions of 90.7 WVUA or the University of Alabama. and welcome to season two and episode nine of Pulse of the Nation. Let me get this out of the way really quick. Bob and Nana should resign. Like, let me get that out of the way before we move on. The indictments against Senator Bob and are absolutely heinous. And if so, it he is one of the most corrupt officials in the United States. Which, to be fair, he is from New Jersey, which is notorious for political corruption. So maybe that is part and parcel for New Jersey politics. But look, over half of the Senate Democratic Caucus and an independent by the name of Bernie Sanders have all called on Senator Bob Menendez to resign. I think it's like 30 members of that caucus, of the ruling Senate caucus, has called on Bob Menendez to resign. That includes Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey. Also, Governor Phil Murphy has also called on Bob Menendez to resign. And Representative Andy Kim from South, from more South, more South Jersey, more near the Trenton area, Burlington County, he is now running against Bob Menendez in the Senate primary in 2024. A couple of other candidates could also run. So how do we get here? First off, we do need to read out what these corruption charges actually are. This is some reporting from Reuters on September 25th. So, or September 22nd, actually. So this is when, you know, U.S. federal prosecutors charged Bob Menendez, who ran the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. He since stepped down from that post, but he continues to be a United States senator, and he is defiantly saying he is going to run for re-election in 2024. Not sure how smart that is, but okay. So essentially, Bob Menendez and his wife were charged with taking bribes from three New Jersey businessmen. So essentially what the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan is said that Menendez accepted hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of cash and gold bars. Gold bars! And they were laying around his house, too. In exchange for using his power and influence as New Jersey senior senator and the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee to benefit the government of Egypt and interfere with law enforcement probes into the three businessmen in question. So... So what Phil Murphy said, quote, The alleged facts are so serious that they compromise the ability of Senator Menendez to effectively represent the people of our state. Murphy would appoint a temporary place in case Menendez went. That's what Murphy said in a statement. Now, Bob Menendez is essentially going the Hector LaSalle route in this. So why say Hector LaSalle is... Essentially, this is a New York case, so he was going to be appointed as a chief justice of New York's top court. Turns out Hector LaSalle is anti-abortion, anti-labor rights, and enough Democrats led by NYC's, NYC's DSA chapter, Democratic Socialist America chapter, 
They essentially told LaSalle, we're not going to vote for you. And the chorus became so loud that Governor Hochul had to pull LaSalle's nomination and appoint somebody else who was far more amenable to, you know, Democratic and particularly progressive policy positions on these issues. So what Hector LaSalle did in his defense was saying, oh, they're trying to push a Latino out. You know, why are they trying to judge a Latino and push him out of his seat? And that's essentially what Bobby Nunes is doing. In a statement, he said, quote, It is not lost on me how quickly some are rushing to judge a Latino and push him out of his seat. I am not going anywhere. He, were, he, is, pulling, he is pulling a <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street here. And that is probably the dumbest thing I have heard since Bobby Singleton decided he might challenge Terry Sewell in the 7th District of Alabama next year. Ugh. Look, Bob Menendez would put that seat in some level of competitiveness in New Jersey in 2024 just because he is so corrupt and everybody hates him because he is corrupt because he got bribed and this is essentially the one form of bribery that is illegal essentially uk okay you can give me these gold bars you can give me this hundred thousand dollars worth of cash laying around <laughs> and in exchange for advancing the positions of the government of egypt as chair of the senate for Relations committee <laughs> oh my god it's just it's it's horrendous it is laughable how these things actually happen and <laughs> so what the images were so what is happening with the prosecutors is they're trying to have Menendez forfeit his assets including his home in New Jersey at 2019 Benz and about $566,000 in cash gold bars and bank funds so the indictment contained an image of gold bars that were sitting around in Menendez's home as well as you had cash envelopes found inside the jackets that bared Menendez's name that were hanging in his closet. About $480,000 worth of the money was at home. The gold bars thing, look, the gold standard was eliminated 50 years ago, 50 years ago, and you have still powerful senators taking bribes in gold bars. Tell me. <laughs> What is this? I know Menendez is 69, but good lord. That's old fashioned. Oh my goodness. Oh lord. And again, this is not just Bob Menendez who was charged with this. Nadine Menendez, who is Menendez's wife, and also three businessmen were charged in this scheme as well. And this is not the first time that Bob Menendez has been under federal investigation. This is actually the third time. You know what they say? Third time's a charm. Of course, Bob Menendez hasn't been convicted. So, of course, he was investigated in 2006 for something, and that didn't work out. In 2017, federal prosecutors investigated Menendez for accepting private flights, campaign contributions, and other bribes from a wealthy patron in exchange for official favors. So it's not the first time he's been charged with bribery and accepting bribes. Federal prosecutors had to drop that case into Jersey in January 2018. Now, Menendez essentially had to give up his foreign relations chair 
committee because Senate Democratic rules require that you do so if you're charged with a felony, which bribery is a felony, so yeah. Senator Ben Cardin is now the interim foreign relations chairman. So what could happen? So there's a couple of things to look at here. Let's talk about electorally. If Democrats not only have to defend seats in West Virginia, Ohio, and Montana, but also Nevada, and Arizona, and Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, but now they have to worry about defending a seat in New Jersey, having to spend actual money on a safe blue state, what should be a safe blue state, because their nominee is Bob Menendez, that's nine seats, you're going to lose West Virginia. So take West Virginia out of it. You need to win seven out of the other eight races or win six out of the eight and flip Texas. It's just going to make it that much harder for Democrats to climb up and what already seems like an impossible mountain to climb and retaining Senate control in 2024. Like it's just, it's completely laughable. It is completely laughable and it's just, you wonder why New Jersey Democrats have finally had enough of This is the straw that breaks the camel's back for New Jersey Democrats. You know that something serious has happened, especially when, you know, mayors can still serve as state legislators and you still have political machines in areas like Union City, where Bob Menendez is from. Like that area is still run by a political machine boss in Brian Stack. So you still have machine politics in play in New Jersey, and even they're having enough of your trouble. Like, come on. Like, and here's the thing about New Jersey elections too that you have to understand is that the Democratic primary and party primaries in general, they're not really actually primaries. The real primaries are the county line primaries when different county Democratic you know, executive committees, they meet and they endorse a, and they decide to endorse a candidate, usually an incumbent. So, and what happens with the county line is that the county party's endorsed candidate will appear as, you know, the official county party candidate, whereas other Democratic candidates either have to make their own lines or just other Democrats. And this has a really large effect in New Jersey politics because whoever wins the county line is going to win that county pretty substantially in a New Jersey primary. So whatever the county party support, whichever candidate the county party support is going to win the primary. But now you have Andy Kim coming in and he's making a real play not only to get these county lines, but to end that era of politics so that you can actually have competitive politics without having to work within you know, have the police state party executives and stuff like that. So that is something that you have to watch as well. There's also reports that Representative Josh Gottheimer, who is probably the most, one of the most hated Democratic representatives by liberals, and he represents areas of North Jersey, he may be trying to work to get Menendez, the Hudson County Democratic, the Hudson County line. Hudson County, a hugely important county in New, in New Jersey. So you've got that to look forward to as well and 
Now let's talk about foreign policy because Menendez is the chair of the Foreign Relations Committee. And Menendez is Cuban and he is one of the most vocal Cuba hawks that you could probably find. He has been the toughest opponent of any move to soften policies towards Cuba and Venezuela. So if Menendez is gone, then that means you could have another normalization of relations with Cuba should Biden get elected in 2024. And potentially Venezuela as well for potential oil deals to wean America off of oil from the Middle East, particularly Saudi Arabia, which I'm not even gonna get into that, but just the fact you having to rely when murderous dictatorships to keep gas prices low is just, man, it's just, yeah. But speaking of Saudi Arabia, Menendez has been a vocal critic of the Saudis and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, and he's also resisted major weapons deals for the kingdom, so, you know, you complicate things by saying, okay, you know, whoever could get in there, maybe Cardin could be a bit more amenable to the Saudis, or maybe you have some someone similar to Menendez on Saudi Arabia come in. So, essentially, what you have is rarely, very rarely do senators actually get charged with criminal conduct and criminal charges. So the last one was Ted Stevens. He was a former Republican senator from Alaska, and he was charged with corruption and found guilty of it in 2008, but that conviction was later overturned due to prosecutorial misconduct. A Republican from Idaho by the name of Larry Craig, he was arrested for lewd conduct in a bathroom in 2007, and he, plead, he pled guilty to a lesser challenge of the rest of the charge of disorderly conduct. So this is the first time I think since like 2008 that you've had investig that you've had. Well, I shouldn't say first time since 2008. This could be the first time since 2008 that a senator is convicted of a charge. So the first time in 15 years. Good lord. So what essentially happens here is that you have five people. Menendez, his wife, and three businessmen, Wild Hanna, Jose Uribe, and Fred Daibes. And they're all going to face charges of conspiracy to commit bribery. They face those charges today to commit bribery and conspiracy to commit honest services fraud. The Menendezes also each face one count of conspiracy to commit extortion under color of official right. Both of them face up to 45 years in prison. Though it would probably that sentence would obviously be much shorter considering the fact that these are famous people, these are rich people, they have connections, you can get a sentence much, much, much lower. But you're still facing pretty serious jail time, especially because Bob Menendez is, is 69. He's gonna be 70 years old in 2024. So you have to wonder, you know, what it, like a 45 year sentence, that's a life sentence for Menendez. Like even a 10 year prison sentence would probably be a life sentence for that guy. So Wael Hanna, he's a businessman from Egypt. So we'll get so we're getting into the nitty-gritty of the indictment here. So so Wael Hanna, he arranged meetings in 2018 between Menendez and Egyptian officials, in which those officials pressed Menendez to sign off for military aid Washington withheld, or concerns about Egypt's terrible human rights record. So in exchange, Wael Hanna put Nadia Menendez on the payroll of a company he controlled that had the exclusive right to certify halal meat shipped to Egypt from the United States. So, I mean, that's a quid pro quo, obviously. 
Then the senator later sought to persuade the USDA, the Department of Agriculture, to not take any action to interfere with the company's monopoly status. On to, on to Jose Uribe, another businessman. So they say Uribe gave Nadia Menendez 15000 in cash to help pay for 2019 bends after her husband asked an official at the New Jersey Attorney General's office to resolve fraud investigations into Uribe's associates favorably for Uribe. I mean, that's just a straight-up bribe, okay? That's just a straight-up bribe. Now we move on to Daibes. Daibes, who's a real estate developer, he gave Menendez, he's the one who gave Menendez the gold bars in cash, by the way. After Menendez sought to influence a federal criminal case in New Jersey against Daibes for obtaining loans under false pretenses, Daibes pleaded guilty to that and he received, a, he received probation. So that's what Bob Menendez, his wife and three businessmen are accused of. So, where do you go from here? You've got over half the Senate Democratic Caucus calling for you to resign. You have a majority of New Jersey representatives. You have powerful state leaders in New Jersey, including the governor and state legislative leaders in New Jersey, calling for you to resign. So, and Bob Menendez is going to run in what will be a brutal primary against Representative Andy Kim and potentially some others. So where do you go from here? Well, if you're Bob Menendez, you hope that there's enough candidates that run against you to cannibalize the anti-Menendez vote so you can get through with like 35% of the vote in the primary or something. And also remember, in 2018, Bob Menendez had a primary from a no-name challenger who had zero dollars. And he could still only get 62% of the vote. Andy Kim is going to have millions of millions of dollars to spend in an anti-Menendez campaign. Like things could about could be about to get real ugly for Bob Menendez. So again, so where do you go from here? Well, if you're the Democrats, you hope to God that Bob Menendez loses his primary because he's gone full wolf of Wall Street. He's not leaving unless he is taken out by force, and that force would probably be a primary challenge. Now, which Menendez, I mean, given given Bob Menendez, he would probably run on a New Jersey for Menendez line like Joe Lieberman did. Like, that, that would be Bob Menendez. He would try to do that. And people have speculated that he could do that should he lose the primary, especially if he loses it badly. Essentially, sore loser. I don't know if New Jersey has any anti-sore loser laws. I'd have to look into that further, but if they don't, well, I mean, there you go. So this is going to, a developing story. It's going to continue to develop as we move along into the following months and into 2024, where you have all these political stories that just come together for one absolutely chaotic election cycle that will determine the future of American politics for the next three decades plus. So there you have it for this week's episodes of Pulse of the Nation. We'll be back on Friday with episode 10, already 10 episodes of Pulse of the Nation, where, of course, it will be a newsflash. And then on Saturday, Saturday is when that member of UA College Republicans comes in to give his case of why the Republicans will do well in 2024. Because it's good to hear new perspectives once in a while, isn't it? We'll see y'all on Friday.
Any opinions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not represent the thoughts or opinions of 90.7 WVUA or the University of Alabama. WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa.